Today's Your Stories is brought to you by Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. Thanks, Basecamp. Welcome to Our Stories. It's like your stories, but instead of being in front of a live audience, we're just three people here talking at you, talking about cool stuff that we have going on in the Nerdalogs. And today, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, oh my god, how am I blinking on the name of this thing that's opening uh, Saturday? Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, a Full House Musical. Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, a Full House Musical. Of course, that's the title of this thing we're talking about. Uh, so we're going to talk about that and Full House today. Uh, I'm Eric Renault, I'm the host, and here we have the co-writer of the words and music of that show, as well as its current uh, producer. This is Katie Johnston-Smith. Hello! And then we also have someone who's never seen anything Full House related. This is Joe Gennaro. Hello. <laughs> and, I mean, for the record, like I've seen bits and pieces and probably an episode. I It's just a show <laughs> that I never watched with any regular basis. And I probably couldn't talk about more than the main characters and Kimmy Gibbler. Interesting. Is she a main character? She's the main character. Then I can only talk about the main characters. <laughs> but as I said, Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner opens this Saturday. It is a full house musical uh, that posits a world where Danny, once a year, goes out and kills a drunk driver to avenge his poor murdered wife. And uh, this is the year that it all goes wrong. Is that a fair summation? That's exactly how to describe it. Perfect. Yes. Uh, so this is the second time it's run, right? Yeah. It ran in 2012 at Gorilla Tango Theater. They originally produced the show. Um, and it ran for five months, mostly sold out for the duration of its run. Wow. And we're running for four weeks this time. Yes. Every Saturday night in May at 10.30 p.m. at the Playground Theater. Yes. Uh, I am the musical director, which is really exciting. I've never done that before. Thanks for asking me to do it, Katie. Hey, thanks for offering yourself up. That made a, th- a thing I-, I thought it was going to be hard very easy. <laughs> I'll offer myself up anytime. Uh, so Ooh. we're doing. <laughs> Thank you, live studio audience. So this show, I think. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> I, I think this show has more of a rock and roll vibe, probably than the previous run, because we're doing it all on guitar instead of piano. Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit more of a DIY vibe, I think. And Andrew Bentley, former Nerdalog member, is directing, and he's bringing kind of a different tone to it than the original, I'm yeah, told. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, his tone is pretty, like, grounded, and the comedy all comes from a grounded place. And um, he has, like, really thought about all the character arcs for all the characters, and it's been, like, a real pleasure working with him as a director. Yeah, Andrew's amazing. I miss Andrew. I think we all miss Andrew. Joe, do you miss Andrew? I miss Andrew. <laughs> Did you just say that because Aww. I... <laughs> no, Andrew went to heaven, Joe. Heaven is uh, Logan Square. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He's really buying into this bit. This is wonderful. So it, it's worth noting Joe's girlfriend is also in the show. She's playing uh, Steve and Mr. Woodchuck and Kimmy and just a whole bevy of characters. Yes. Uh, so will you be attending the show? I will be attending Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner. <laughs> Yeah, I like that the title of the show is also a command. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, attend the tale of Danny Tanner, a full house musical. Oh, it, it answers their immediate question of, what is that? Yeah. yeah. You, attend the tale of Danny Tanner, 
What is that? A full house! Dummy! It's both a command and anticipatory of audience questions. It's yeah. really a great title. Yeah, yeah, you guys really thought of everything. Yeah. That, I had the title before um, any of the other parts of the show. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah. I heard uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda did the same thing with Hamilton. Oh, yeah? No, no, no. Yeah. Hamilton is a person. Like, it's like a, a just a person's name. His name was Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all like Hamilton a lot. Doesn't everybody? Oh, I should have mentioned also Katie is playing DJ Tanner in the show. I am. And she's got a really cool rock and roll number at the top called Daddy's Little Girl. Yeah. Uh, we added a harmonica to it. That's kind of my big like rebellious move as musical director. I brought in a harmonica for a song. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of Andrew Bentley. Oh, he does not care. <laughs> I know. I just I keep doing this bit where I say that Andrew hates the harmonica, and now I'm going to keep pushing it until everyone thinks he hates it. <laughs> Poor Andrew. He was fine with it. But man, it's going to be a really, really great show. So what I wanted to do was, uh, with Katie, I wanted to talk about what Full House kind of means to you and why, uh, why you were inspired to write this show. And then, so we can't really talk about that with Joe, but we have another cool thing planned for Joe after uh, after yeah. Katie talks. I can't wait. I have no idea what it is. Can't so. wait either. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, so, this show came out of a desire for me as the um, former executive producer of Gorilla Tango Theater to program shows that weren't just burlesque shows, though the burlesque shows at Gorilla Tango are legitimately great. Um they, they do a bunch of, like, parody burlesque shows. Um, the Nerdalogs wrote one of them. What's it called? The Rack of Khan? No, it should have been called The Rack of Khan. It's called The Boobs of Khan. Oh, right. Yes. So the Nerdalogs wrote one of them that I tricked them into writing. And... Um, <laughs> um, Were you just like, hey, boobs plus Star Trek, go. Yeah, basically. Good trick. Um... And then I was like, well, I think we can do things besides... Because it, it was my... I was... Um, tasked with programming some some original content. So um, I was like, well, I think I could take a stab at this first go and do this musical. And I wrote a whole list of stuff that I would want to, to parody. And then Full House is on the list. And I was like, huh, cool. Yeah, I think I could do something with that. Like Sweeney Todd-esque Full House, like Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner. And then that was the title I had. And then um, my friend Chris Gorton is like, he is a, a legitimate genius, and um, I asked him to help me with the show, and he, he was down, so we collaborated on that show and wrote parts for ourselves in it. He played the original Joey, and um, it was born of that. So where does your love of Full House come from, though? Like, you obviously have a great love of this property. I know you unironically cried at, for, during the pilot of Fuller House. I did. Which I I loathe that pilot, even though I watched the whole show, so fuck me, right? <laughs> but I hate that pilot, and Katie loves it. So, like, what is your attachment to this franchise? So, I watched Full House, like, as a kid. I started watching it, I think, when I was in first grade. Like, people were talking about, like, oh, Full House, it's so cool. And then I started watching it, and I was like, yeah, I'm into this. And, um... <laughs> It was just, like, you know, fun and good to watch. And it was something my parents would let me watch. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't see a whole lot of episodes. But it was something... Well, I know I saw a lot of episodes. I take it back. Um, but it was something that I felt was, like, of me. And I knew it. And, it, you know, um, it's always, like, write what you know or whatever. And I really know that family and their dynamics. And um, when I decided to do this show, I um, made it a point to purchase 
Every time I had enough Amazon points, I would get a new season of Full House. <laughs> so I think I have like five, four or five seasons, and I rewatched all of them, and it's just like comforting. It's a comfort. It's like putting on a snuggly blanket and feeling good, even though it's so stupid. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I I think, yeah, like Full House, there was no contention in my house about watching that. Like, it was totally fine. It was this wholesome kind of Christian without being super religious show. But it had those, like, you know, Western Christian values imbued in it. Something that really struck me as a musical director. So I went and I I made a, a Spotify playlist of every number one song that existed while Full House was on the air from, uh, like, September 87 to May of 95 and it really struck me that uh, Full House kind of gave me this background knowledge of all this music. Like, I mean, I'd heard the song since then, obviously, but it was so keyed into the pop culture of the time in so many ways. Like Stephanie's band doing like, you know, the sign by Ace of Bass or, or doing the dance off to Motown Philly or whatever. Uh, I think I learned so much about current and past pop culture from that show, and it, it just, I soaked it up. Like, I learned who Kiss was, I learned who R.E.M. was, because they're those old ladies that said they were R.E.M., but they weren't the real R.E.M., but that was enough to make me know, like, oh, R.E.M. is a band that I should know about. Right. Like, that's that's crazy for being so... Uh, it's such a milquetoast show in so many ways. Like, Full House didn't push boundaries, but it was right there uh, with pop culture. And I think that's really cool. So it's been really fun to revisit that era. And there's some fucking banging songs between 97 or 87 and 95 that I've really enjoyed revisiting. And you'll hear some of them before the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to mention the songs that are in the show, like... The ones that Jesse and the Rippers play. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, like Forever, yeah. which is, I think, a legitimately great song. It's a Beach Boys song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What else? Man, the musical moment. I mean, I'll never forget Stephanie doing the sign and totally like uh, bonking it, you know? And then because she was too concerned with her image. It's like one of my favorite episodes. And I love that in Fuller House, they made her uh, a DJ. Like she, she pursued her musical ambitions in that direction. Yeah. She is a DJ named DJ Tanner. Yeah. And that is, like, several jokes in the show. Yeah. Of course it is. I, I, I mean, in a vacuum, that's a bit I love. <laughs> yeah, it actually, it is It is pretty funny. I think it'd be funnier they didn't, like, mug to the camera every time they said something like it. Oh, but, you know, that's part yes. of the charm of Full House, too. I, well, I'll take your word on that. <laughs> in the pilot, they literally gawk at the camera for, like, a minute after they make some joke about how Michelle is in New York working on her fashion line. And, like, there's 12 people on screen, and they're all in a line, and they all just turn to the camera slowly. And they're like, eh? Eh? And the studio audience just goes fucking crazy. And it's like, come on. This is... This is lazy. This is lazy comedy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but, that's what we expect. Well, uh, you know, and that's that's true. It, I think comforting is a great word. I, I I only watched Fuller House kind of to be up on it. And because I didn't have anything else going on that weekend, it was a very sad weekend. But I feel that same way about, like, Girl Meets World. I find myself having to defend why I watched that show. And it feels like, yeah, it is that, like, blanket of nostalgia. I haven't gone back and watched actual Full House episodes, but I'm sure that's how I feel about it. And this this show, it's written in a way that, like, you only need a passing familiarity with the show. Like, if you kind of know the outlines, if you have a Joe level of knowledge, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are jokes for super fans, too. Like, I read the script a year ago, and it fucking killed me. Not just the references. Like, it's a really well-put-together show, but I think fans will definitely enjoy it. Yeah. I'm... I'm One of the jokes I'm particularly proud of is... Uh, 
Steve referencing himself as Steve Peters hyphen Hale because Steve, DJ's boyfriend in the show, legitimately have had two different last names. Same actor playing Steve, two different last names over the course of the show. Well, so did Jesse. Do you remember that? He was Jesse Cochran in the first season, and then he was Jesse Katsopoulos. Right, because he wanted to change it to be Greek. Yeah, so like for his real life heritage or something. Yeah. Man, yeah, there's all sorts of those fucking like listicles, like 13 things you don't know about Full House, but like don't presume I don't know these things. I know. Listicle. Um, my friend Megan, who she played the original Stephanie in the original run of the show, she is a super fan of Full House, and I shared one of those with her before, one of those lists with her, and I was like, this list is ridiculous because obviously if you're a super fan of the show, you know all of this shit. Yeah. Oh, like there's two staircases, but only but they only go to one place upstairs. Oh, you got me. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel when I see like 20 Easter eggs you missed in the Marvel movies. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. No, I didn't. I could have yeah. ri- written 20 more. Yeah, right. The no. one that made me the most angry is 10 things you don't know about Skeletor. Because, like, listen, I know everything about Skeletor. <laughs> I know more about Skeletor than Skeletor. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> don't bring up Skeletor in front of Joe. It's oh. a sore spot. I could have been a great Skeletor. <laughs> no. You were a great demon commander. You were a better Thank demon you. commander. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, the fan fiction episode where I made these guys read a He-Man script I wrote when I was, like, 14. Uh, Joe killed it as the evil demon lord, uh, and I think it really hurt his voice. He yeah. was also uh, man-at-arms, which you kind of played as, like, an Alan Thicke, which I really yeah, appreciated. I, yeah, to get into that voice, I just kept saying, Michael. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Michael Adam. Speaking of oh, Alan I don't Thick, think so, Adam. I th- speaking of Alan Thick, I feel like there are people like I was a Full House kid. I wasn't really a Growing Pains kid. I was Full House step by step, not really Growing Pains. Ditto. I feel yeah, Full House step by step, Family Matters. Like, was Growing Pains on TGIF? No, no, it wasn't. I think it was on um, a different network. Yeah, but they like. Candace and Kirk appeared on each other's shows as, like, cameos, playing different characters. Yeah. Like, I remember in one episode, like, Kirk was DJ's nerdy cousin, but then he got hot and, like, Kimmy had a crush on him. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading about Kirk Cameron today because he was in the news for saying that stuff about, like, oh, wives should be submissive to their husbands or whatever. Kirk Cameron also won't kiss a woman on screen that's not his wife. So there was a movie that, because he's really only in Christian movies now. So there's a Christian movie he was in that they had to bring his wife in for like the last kiss part and like have it far away and out of focus. <laughs> wow. They should have just made it a dude. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he would have no problem. He would problem have been fine with that. With that. Yeah. Um, I think Family Matters is probably like the, the family sitcom that I watched the most. I didn't do Step by Step like at all. I didn't really do Growing Pains. I remember that Leonardo DiCaprio was on one. Um, I didn't really do Full House. I didn't do Boy Meets World. I did like a little bit of um, Saved by the Bell, I which I know isn't like a family sitcom, but it's like all the same era stuff. Yeah. Ish. Saved yeah. by the Bell, I think, though, is more like Full House is like for kids. Saved by the Bell was for teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I like, wasn't a kid. I was a teenager. I was a teen. I was a teenager tra- trapped in a kid's body. Oh, like... I'm, now I'm a teenager trapped in a man's body. <laughs> so you've always just been a teenager mentally. Yeah. yeah it was, was great being a teenager. <laughs> um, There's also TNBC, which had City Guys and Hang Time. Yeah. Which I love. Hang Time. Rolling together. together. Hang Time. Putting it on the, the line. line. Hang Time. <laughs> I'll always remember. 
<laughs> Me and my friends at hang time. I have literally no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh Do you my. know the city guys one? C I T Y. You can see why these guys, the neat guys, fart on the street, why city guys. What the where I, city guys? I, I did not watch City Guys for some reason. But I feel I was like Katie, I was so keyed into just whatever was on TGIF. So like mm-hmm. I think the lineup when I was first started watching was Full House Family Matters, Step by Step. I don't remember what was in that fourth spot. Like the Hogan family or something? I don't, I don't know, because I didn't watch that. But I was so just like, that was my scene. Because I didn't do shit when I was a kid on Fridays. I know. Watched... Friday was TGIF. Night. Yeah. And then when Boy Meets World came on, that oh. was my favorite. And then I watched so Sabrina. So I think Sabrina is where I fell off. Sabrina. That was... And then they had like another Olsen twin show. Oh, yeah. Um... That I watched that was quickly canceled. They lived in Chicago. Did they? Yeah, there's an episode where they went to the Cubs game. Oh, I remember nice. that. Friday night, my families would watch a movie and order pizzas. How many families did you have? Then, Damn. Yes, and <laughs> witness protection won't allow me to. Take it. <laughs> um, I've already said too much. Saturday night was TV. We did Snick. Ooh. Pete and Pete, Roundhouse, Kablam, Are You Afraid of the Dark, all that. That was like TV night. That's what we always sat down for and watched. Snick was for the rich kids because I did not have cable. Yeah, yeah. same here. Hit me up with that basic cable. <laughs> I feel like I, me and Katie had kind of similar familial upbringings. Yeah, I didn't have cable. My dad got cable in an attempt to like get me to stay at his place more when I got a little older and my parents got divorced. So I did see a little bit of like Legends of the Hidden Temple and Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, Olmec and shit. Yeah, dude. Oh, that shit was rad. Hey, dude. Um, salute your shorts. I was just talking about space cases with somebody. Space cases. What were you guys on that one? I don't know because I don't. I didn't have cable. I like was PBS TGIF kid. See, I I actually I feel like I had such allegiance to ABC because of the TGIF block. I didn't even want to watch another network. It was like cartoons on Fox, which they were syndicated, and then sitcoms on ABC. And then when I got a little older, I'm like, oh, NBC has sitcoms, and these are more cutting edge, like Mad About You. Yeah. <laughs> Edgy. Ooh, Caroline in the City. Ooh. Can she Caroline have it all? City. Yeah, that was I loved good. Uh, Just Shoot Me. I oh, really loved Just Shoot Me. Yeah. That was good. I was... News Radio. Yeah, News Radio is legit great. When um, I, I also, like, when I was a kid, my family, every Sunday night, we would watch the Fox comedies. Ooh. Um... So we would watch Malcolm in the Middle and then King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the ones we were allowed to watch. And then when Arrested Development came on, I started watching it. And then my mom was like, you can't watch that. And I was 17 years old. And I was like, I'm going to watch this. And so I like told her that what I was going to do. And then I watched Arrested Development when it originally aired because I'm a super nerd. See, that's, that's interesting that you consider that when you were a kid because there's not that many years between us. But I was in college when that show came out. So I do not think of that as like childhood television at all. It was, I mean, I was 17, and then, so it ended when I was a freshman in college, and I remember making a point to sit down in front of the TV in my dorm room with my shitty ex-boyfriend, and we watched it, and he was like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm like, this is great! Um, yeah, I mean, sun- Sunday Night on Fox, yeah, it was, uh, I, always, I never appreciated King of the Hill when it was on the air, because yeah. I... I always have an aversion to Fox animated shows that aren't The Simpsons, because I'm like, it's just trying to be The Simpsons. I felt that way with Bob's Burgers when it started. I was like, oh, look at this dad and his dysfunctional family, like totally Simpsons. It's also a legit great show. It's yeah. Um, plus, Sunday Night would always culminate in X-Files. And if I was lucky, it was an alien slash monster. And if I was, uh, if I was unlucky, it's government cover-up. Cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, I also feel like I gave King of the Hill the short shrift, and that show is really, really well put together. It's Dragon. super well written. Bobby, boom power. So, uh, uh, did you just say boom power? Boom power. I don't. Really? <laughs> are you are you Hank Hill saying boom power, or are you boom power saying boom power? No, boom power is like boom power is a boom. And Hank Hill's like, boom, ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So, so just to get a, a feeling for the room again. So, Katie, you've seen at least the first five seasons of Full House, but probably every episode at some point episode, in your life. Yeah. Uh, as have I. Joe, you've seen maybe one episode. I've probably seen parts of several episodes. Okay. So we're going to play a game here. Uh, I have up on Wikipedia a list of the 192 Full House episode titles. I'm going to read some to these two guys, and I want them to tell me what they think the episode is about. Uh, so let's start with uh, with the reigning champion. I assume, Katie, pick a number. Between 1 and 192. 27. The title of episode 27 is Jingle Hell. Joe, you start. What is Jingle <laughs> Hell about? Um, obviously, obviously a Christmas episode. Um, Jingle Hell, probably, oh God, something goes wrong. Um, they're planning a party for Christmas, but uh, a family member that nobody particularly enjoys is coming to visit. <laughs> That's plot A. Okay. Katie, what do you think Jingle Hell is about? I think it's like they're at a mall. And that's, and like DJ does something dumb and they're at a mall and then they go home from the mall. So I, I actually thought this was the episode where they were stuck in an airport for Christmas and we are all wrong. That's Die Hard 2, you were talking <laughs> Jingle Hell is uh, when Jesse starts suffering from writer's block, Joey becomes an unlikely source for inspiration as Jesse prepares his latest commercial jingle. That's the toothpaste commercial. It, yes. Yes. With uh, Guy Dome, the hockey player. Yes. It is not a Christmas episode. We scored no points. Okay. All right, Joe, you pick a number between 1 and 192. Um, 95. All right, Katie, you go first. The title of this episode is Double Trouble. Oh, I think this is one of the ones where they have the Olsen twins both on screen and like one, uh, I think it's the one where like their, their Greek family comes in and it's like Michelle and then Michelle, like one of the Olsen twins as Michelle and one in a wig. Okay. And there's like crazy things going on because they're like pretending to be each other. What do you think this show? Or oh, wait. Is it the one where it's Manny Tanner? <laughs> Joe, what do you think this episode's um, about? I was going to say exactly that first one. Really? Uh, honestly, I did think that it was probably both Olsen twins. Um, I'm going to say they um, uh, they find each other in the streets. One of them rich, one of them's poor. They decide to trade places for a little bit. <laughs> uh, and Jack Hay is in the show. Yeah, yeah. and so is uh, Stephen Urkel, <laughs> Stefan Urkel, mostly sister sister. Um, yeah. That's probably that's probably that one. What was it called again? Uh, <laughs> Double Trouble. Oh, it was definitely that one. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I guessed correctly, I will say, but I had a little extra information, which is this is a season five premiere. Knowing that, would you like to change your vote? Season five premiere. Yeah. Just so you know, the host is kicking your butt with one and a half questions <laughs> in the books. I know. I didn't get that last one. I know. But I got oh, this one. Oh, man. And there were six seasons. Seven. Seven seasons, Seven. yeah. Double, double. She's oh, it's when the twins are born. 
Something about the Nikki and Alex. You're very close. It is, uh, Jesse comes home from his band's summer concert tour to find out that Becky is having twins. Mm. So, yes. Meanwhile, the B-plot is fun. Meanwhile, Michelle is scared and lost on her first day of kindergarten, so she goes to the other side of the school and pays Stephanie a, a visit. Uh, Michelle embarrasses Stephanie by agreeing with her that her teacher is a total babe, making everyone laugh. <laughs> so, that's double trouble. <laughs> Wait, the little girls thought that a teacher was a babe? I think it it was a dude teacher. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Wow, why did I assume the teacher's a woman? <laughs> I know, I did that too. We I should think we about should it. unpack that later. Yeah. Um, wait, how old was, uh, what's the little one, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old was Michelle when the show started? She was a baby. Yeah, she was like, a baby. Okay, so this, this math checks out that she'd be in kindergarten in fifth season? Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll allow it. Okay, great. Uh, Katie, give me an episode number. Um, 72. That's a great number. This episode is called... Slumber Party. Joe, what is Slumber Party about? Ooh, I'm going to say one of the girls. I'll say specifically the oldest one is DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say DJ's having a sleepover because I don't think Stephanie really had any friends. I'm going to say <laughs> DJ is having a sleepover. Mm, but Michelle and Stephanie decide to terrorize them. And because they're on the outside looking in and they want to be included... And the family learns an important lesson. <laughs> Katie, what is Slumber Party about? I think it's Stephanie having a sleepover. But Fuck! I don't remember DJ having any sleepovers. Um, and Michelle wants to be a part of it. And DJ's too cool for it. So Katie is definitely closer. Uh. Although, you both keyed in on, on an interesting true part of the episode. Uh, it's I think because Stephanie feels that she has no friends... So the plot is Joey volunteers to take Stephanie to her first mother-daughter sleepover party after Becky is unable to take her due to her car breaking down. Oh, uh, I remember yeah. that one. So you both are kind of close. Cool. All right, let's do let's do one more. Uh, so Joe, give us an episode number between one and one ninety-two. Um, wow. Let's do um one one one. This episode is called Spellbound. Ooh. Katie, what is this episode about? I think somebody, probably Stephanie, is in a spelling bee. Damn it. And um, she is obsessed with winning. Joe? I was going to say spelling bee. I was hoping you didn't think of that. Um, all right. I'm going uh, to give two answers. And if either's right, I only get half points. I'm going to split this. Um, I'm gonna, you said Stephanie's in a spelling bee? Yeah. Wait, what season is it? Can you tell me this that? This is season five. This is still season five. Yeah. Do kindergartners... They don't spell. They don't spell. You don't spell till second grade. You would have made a great teacher. Because <laughs> you're a woman. Um, <laughs> what a babe. What a babe. What a total babe. All the kids would agree. Um, I'll say DJ... I don't think this is right, but I need to go different from you to win this game. And winning is what's... Matters. Winning is half the battle. Um... Uh, DJ's in a spelling bee and um, Uncle Jesse is having trouble with another jingle <laughs> my, my, my other guess is this is this is where they have a special guest of Sabrina the Teenage Witch I actually uh, would have gone Joe's second route and thinking it was like a Halloween episode um, Katie is correct. Stephanie is confident that she will win her school spelling bee only to get beaten by a rival classmate in the first round. It says that in italics on Wikipedia. 
who makes her lose all of her self-confidence. The word she lost on was, do you remember? Mnemonic. Mnemonic, that's right. In the subplot, Michelle wants to learn how to read. Now, I think we need to do one more because Joe actually would have gotten that if Katie hadn't gotten there first. So Joe needs a chance to redeem himself. Katie, what's the final episode number? The final episode number will be... What is... How many... It goes up to 192. 192. So let's do 154. This episode is called The Prying Game. Oh. Ugh. The prying game. I'm going to say... So what season is this? This is seven. I guess it went eight overall. I misspoke earlier. Oh. I'm going to say... Uh, so it's either prying for information or physically prying something open. I'm going uh, I'm gonna go with the obvious route. I'm going to say... I Mich- believe in you too. Thank you. I'm going to say Michelle and Stephanie... See something they shouldn't see, either in like a box or like they pried open a door, and then the family learns an important lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Katie? I think that Jesse and Joey get locked in something and they have to pry their way out. Joe, you were so close. DJ is enraged when Stephanie goes too far in invading her privacy. You were basically there. Yeah, was it her diary? Uh, It doesn't say, but that's probably right. Meanwhile, Danny, Jesse, and Joey try to sell a new hairspraying product on an infomercial, but they find out that it was already made via a live phone call directly from its inventor. I remember that part. I don't remember the prying part. Wasn't it? Wasn't it that the, 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 the spray guard? The spray guard. Right? Yeah, exactly. Man, so we, we both remember that. Yeah. So I think in the end, you both got a couple points. Uh, and really, the people who want are the listeners, if they're still out there. Yeah. Thanks, listeners. Yeah. I, ho- I hope we all learned an important lesson. <laughs> what I really like is that uh, with just a vague understanding of the show's relationships, Joe actually put together a couple <laughs> very accurate plots of Full House. And Katie and I both have reasonable memories. Yeah. Reasonable. Reasonable. I mean, any any sitcom, to some extent, is fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... It's... uh, uh, A below-average intelligence character does something he shouldn't have. Um, Young... Precocious child sees go does something they shouldn't have. Usually, it's people doing things they shouldn't have. Yeah. shouldn't have done that. And then the family learns a lesson. And then within twenty two to twenty four minutes, it's all wrapped up. Yeah. So if if this was a sitcom, we hope the lesson you learned is that you should totally go see Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, a Full House musical, playing every Saturday in May at the Playground Theater at ten thirty p.m. Tickets are ten dollars, five for students. And they're available on the Playgrounds website yes. and at the door, but probably by in advance because the show did sell out its first run, mostly. Yeah. So. If I could give you one command and then answer any follow-up question, it would be, <laughs> Attend the tale of Danny Tanner! A, a full house musical! <laughs> All right, I want to go out with one last question. If, if, your, uh, if, if your life right now were a, a sitcom, what moral would you be learning at the end of the current episode? Katie? Um... You can do anything, but you can't do everything, which is why it's something I learned today as I was crying at the doctor's office. That's a good moral. Yes. Joe. Um, It would be that um, it's okay to let some people down. 
That's a good moral too. I'm gonna quote Axel Rose on, on mine and say, all we need is just a little patience. And I'll let y'all figure that one out. But anyway, guys, we hope to see you Saturday and the next four Saturdays and forever. We want to see you in our dreams, in the flesh. Every Saturday. Every Saturday all for all time. We love you. Aww. Have a great day. And that was our studio audience. Thank you, studio audience. Bye, everybody. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.